Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 23rd, episode 124. I'm Jordan Pace, joined with me as always by Zach Henson. Zach, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing great, Zach. We have a special guest episode, another special guest episode, a familiar special guest as we're joined by Jake Stanifer of Kemp's Crew. Jake, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Jake, you co-hosted a couple of weeks ago, and we kind of teased this episode that we're about to do where uh, we're going to spend this entire episode doing sort of a where are they now of every team in our league. So all 14 teams, your team included, my team, Zach's team, every, every team in CMB where they're at through eight weeks or through seven weeks. And so we're kind of at the midpoint of the season. Uh, after seven weeks, that's right uh, at the midway point of when the fantasy playoffs begin in week 14. So I thought it'd be a good idea to uh, give every team a synopsis of where, at least where Jake thinks you guys are at through uh, seven weeks. Um, so I, I think this would be a fun exercise. Do you have some notes prepared for all these teams? Yeah, I do. So basically what I'm just going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm just going to basically just talk about the starters for each team. Um, you know, and you guys can maybe come up with some commentary and then we can kind of elaborate on, I guess, the overall thoughts on their team. Uh, so starting off with Big Orange Bullies with Chase, um, Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. He's had two spiked weeks. Otherwise, he's been kind of so-so. Uh, Keenan Allen, it's been really cold the last four weeks, but he had a really good start to the season. Um, Tyler Boyd, been very up and down, very shaky quarterback play in a terrible offense. Uh, David Johnson's been pretty elite until his week seven injury, so we'll see if he comes back uh, next week. Uh, Devontae Freeman's been pretty good. Uh, he's had three dud weeks, but he's, I guess, overall been kind of an RB1. Um, I had Vance McDonald down here. Uh, just because that that's who kind of got him to this point. But um, now he has Zach Ertz, so a clear upgrade there. Um, Cole Beasley's been kind of a nice floor PPR player. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has had two big weeks, but now he goes to San Francisco, so I'm very curious to see how he does there. Um, that's pretty much just the overall synopsis of uh, Big Orange Bullies. So one of my biggest questions, Jake, for Big Orange Bullies all season so far has been keeping Kareem Hunt on their roster and using a roster spot for a guy who I think was suspended maybe the first nine games, I think is what the suspension is. Do you think that they've been able to warrant, I guess, keeping Hunt on their roster for so long? Like, is, is this going to pay off when he comes back in week eight? So I don't really think that Kareem Hunt is going to come in and do much. Um, I think that keeping them on their bench has been warranted just because I think that they've scored enough points to actually be up there in the league. They just had a really tough schedule. So typically if you're going to, you know, stash a player like that, you should be kind of secure in your team. And I think that he's got a good team. He just had a tough schedule. Zach, when you look at big orange bullies, what questions or what do you want to discuss with Jake uh, regarding their roster here? Um, I was just going to say that I think that they got, they have two really good, uh, defensive backs and you know in their IDP column there they've got Landon Collins and Harrison Smith and both of those guys are top 10 uh, in their position of DBs I think looking it up here Landon Collins is number two with 77.75 points so they're pretty solid down there uh, in at least in the DB position with the IDPs as well 
All right, that is Big Orange Bullies. We will move on to the next team here. We're going alphabetical order. Uh, this is Dragon Energy, Ryan Risher. Jake, when you look at Risher's team this year, I know we were really popular on his or high on his draft coming out, uh, but things kind of have, have tapered off for Rish. Uh, looking at his roster, what do you see that you like uh, through seven weeks? So, uh, you know, I do like that, you know, he still has Zeke. Uh, Julian Edelman has kind of been a bright spot on his squad. Um, going with the Tampa Bay stack of Jameis Winston, O.J. Howard, and Chris Godwin. Um, I'd say one out of the three, Chris Godwin has really worked out for him. Jameis Winston has been kind of up, up and down. Um, basically, volume is, is keeping Jameis Winston in the game. He's checking in about 50 times a game. But O.J. Howard has basically just been non-existent, and honestly, I think that he should just drop him. Um, Julian Edelman's been pretty good. Uh, Zeke Elliott has quietly been on one. He just hasn't had a lot of splashes, but he's had a touchdown in all but one game. Joe Mixon is a total bust on an offense that's just terrible. Um, I'm not really sure if, you know, he should keep A.J. Green or not. You know, he's, he's kept him. Um, there's talks about A.J. Green being traded. Um, if I was Richter, I would be looking to maybe possibly trade A.J. Green. Yes, yeah, so the same question that I had for for Big Orange Bullies about uh, Kareem Hunt, I was going to ask you about A.J. Green. So you're, do you think A.J. Green would have any trade value in this league? I mean, is, is that a guy you even want uh, if you're any other roster in this team or in this league for A.J. Green? Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, somebody like IDPs or myself, uh, East Coast Wombats, the guys that are – you know, basically the six and one, five and two teams who feel pretty secure about their playoff chances that can take a risk, maybe to take a hit for a couple of weeks. Because um, I think Richard needs to win right now. He's one and six. He's looking at the ice bucket. He really needs to start, you know, getting a player that can he can actually put into his lineup to win games. AJ Green is looking down the road. Rich needs to win right now. Zach, what do you make of Rish's uh, strategy to – we talked last week about making that our lock of the week about uh, Rish's team being made up of a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What have you made of that strategy this season? Yeah, I mean, kind of what Jake said, you know, Godwin's worked out, and that's really about it. You know, Jameis, I feel like quarterback's a huge question for him, and he definitely didn't, uh, I guess, foresee this coming. But you just don't know which Winston you're going to get. You know, you're gonna get like the 13-point guy or the 30-point guy you know and if he's just he's so inconsistent he's got to hope that cam newton comes back and gets the job back somehow and is healthy and uh just goes goes off because i'll tell you right now joe flacco and, and Jameis are not going to be the answer so uh i think he really needs some help in the quarterback department as well but uh i mean looking at his team wide receivers strong and obviously having zeke is a is a huge help as well Jake, next up is the first-place team, East Coast Wombats of Ross and Reed Garrison, team with probably the best draft we talked about after uh, the um, in the post-draft episode as we did a recap. We really liked them heading into the season, and their roster has, has definitely not disappointed through seven weeks. Uh, what's, what's your review of Ross and Reed's team through seven weeks? Well, I mean, as the numbers show, I mean, they are the best team in the league. You know, they've got a, a team comprised of Michael Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Mark Andrews. Uh, even Gardner Minshew was a nice waiver wire pick. Um, but we also have to give credit to the Pats defense in terms of the draft value as to where you get them in the draft versus their production. Um, it's 
know, better than Christian McCaffrey. So um, even Matt Stafford has been putting up some good numbers as a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas is basically a PPR target hog. Leonard Fournette has only had one rushing touchdown, but he has elite volume. Philip Lindsay has uh, five great weeks and is pretty much a solid RB2. Um, only really disappointment here is OBJ. Uh, he had one spike week, but the rest of the year has been kind of disappointing. If there's anywhere on this roster that East Coast Wombats could improve the most, you make it sound like it's probably the flex spot, but where, where should they be trying to wheel and deal uh, heading into the back half of the season? Honestly, I, would, I wouldn't touch it. I, I think they've got a good thing going right now. Um, I, I really don't know too much about their IDPs. Um, I think it looks to be okay, but if I'm them, I'm not really doing anything. Zach, when you look at East Coast Wombats, what do you like about, you know, Jake just mentioned their IDPs, and I know that that's kind of your thing. Just looking at their roster overall, you're not surprised at all to see them in first place, I take it? Uh, no, and I mean, obviously, New England is a, is a huge part of that. They've uh, been unbelievable. But, I mean, uh, OBJ, I've got him in another league, and it's very frustrating having him on your roster right now considering – uh, you know, probably spend a second round, first round pick on him, depending on what kind of league you're in. Um, but if I could pick somewhere that I think that they need to make improvement, it would be, uh, it would definitely be at running back, in my opinion. Um, they just, they, I, I, it's just a little inconsistent there with Philip Lindsay. Um, so, and Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's been, he's been okay, but I would say like with Lindsay right there, that's probably if they could pick somewhere, that's where they want to uh, improve to make a championship run. All right, moving on here. This is Greg Co. Uh, Greg currently in sixth place in our league. Jake, when you look at Greg through seven weeks, I know he's had uh, a lot of his starting lineup right now is made up of guys that Greg had to sign as free agents on the waiver wire. But what do you like about Greg's team through seven weeks? Well, I really like Russell Wilson. I think you know you're looking at him from just a a pure football standpoint, he's one of the most exciting in the league, uh, probably MVP worthy. Uh, he's put up some really good fantasy numbers as well. Uh, Terry McLaurin has been a really bright spot for his roster for great weeks. Um, he's had one week with injury, but he's had two duds. So he's kind of been inconsistent, but a great uh, steal off the waiver wire. Mike Evans has had one monster week, uh, he followed it up two weeks later with a goose egg. So he's been fairly inconsistent, but he's kind of a weak winner. Uh, Matt Breed has been okay. Sonny Michelle has been okay. Both of them are very inconsistent. Um, Sonny Michelle is very boomer bust, touchdown dependent. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, kind of a Greg Staple, has been a very consistent wide receiver too, but really doesn't make any splash uh, weeks. So you're going to get a nice floor, but you're not going to get a ceiling from Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, Brandon Cooks has been pretty uninspiring. But, you know, you look at the carry-on, Johnson going to IR, that's that's huge for his team, especially after acquiring him through a trade uh, with the H&F. Um, he did spend $50 on Todd Johnson, though. I did see that this morning. So hopefully he can at least bounce back from that. Jake, looking at Greg's roster, it looks like there's maybe two players that are keeping – Greg in that hunt I mean it looks like Russell Wilson and Mike Evans are propping his team up and outside of that I mean if you you know put your thumbs over these two names here Wilson and Evans it, you're, you almost be shocked to see that Greg's in sixth place uh, is that do you take it is, is that your take as well on Greg's team right uh, it's a good point because 
Uh, Greg has had a, fa a pretty favorable schedule too. Um, I've had the most favorable, but he's he's basically just had 16 points more, or uh, yeah, 20 26 points uh, more than I have uh, over the course of the season. So he's he's had just as easy a schedule as I have. Zach, are there any guys on Greg's team that you just feel like should not even be rostered at this point? I, I, Darnold maybe comes to mind, but where do you think Greg needs to make some improvements to to stay in the playoff hunt? Uh, I mean, just looking at his team, you got to hope running back, you know, kind of like I just said before with East Coast. Uh, I think that running back is a big uh, question mark right now for him. So I, I would say that's the biggest place of improvement. And one thing that we didn't touch on with Greg's team, and I know after facing Greg's uh, team when we played him, I guess, what was it, a couple weeks ago, but his IDPs are studs. He's got some great IDPs. I would almost say that that's the strong, one of the strongest points of his, his team. Um, I, think, I think two of his guys at least are in the top 10 of all IDPs for the season so far. Um, so, yeah, his IDPs are really strong as well. Next up, Jake, this is your arch nemesis, your rival for many years, H&F Industries, Zach and Brian. What, I mean, being as partial or impartial and as objective as possible, how would you review H&F through seven weeks, Jake? You know, I mean, I, I hate to admit it, but of any team in the league, I probably study H&F uh, probably the most. Uh, <laughs> I probably have more vested interest in, in what they do. Um, and I guess third being Tecmo, but you know, they, they've had a, a great roster. I mean, they got Lamar Jackson, Kamara, McCaffrey, Julio Jones. If you just take those four, I mean, those are four elite uh, players. Um, I know that Kamara's hurt right now, but Lamar Jackson has been a, a great fantasy asset. Christian McCaffrey is basically going to win you the league as long as he keeps doing what he does. Julio Jones has been kind of up and down, but overall he's still an elite wide receiver. Um D.D. Westbrook's been a pretty consistent wide receiver, too. Um, you know, they, they did get Gerald Everett. Um, you know, they – I guess it's, they spent a lot of fab on him. He's had pretty decent production in the last four weeks. So, you know, they've even got uh, Latavius Murray, who I gave to him. So, I think their, their roster is super solid. The weakness, I think, is Melvin Gordon. I just don't think he's any good. And – um Honestly, I think they should trade him. Zach, looking at your roster, I mean, after we talked with Mike Duraco, the Jags beat reporter, and I think he sold you and I both on D.D. Westbrook. Are you a little disappointed through seven weeks? I know Westbrook's not really the focal point of that offense like people thought. It's really been D.J. Chark. Have you been disappointed in, in D.D.? Uh, I would say I was more towards the beginning of the season, but as of late, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it uh, or with him, you know, and – uh, the targets, I mean, he's still getting the targets. So, I mean, you can't really complain. Obviously, you'd hope for more touchdowns, but uh, I, I, can't, I can't really complain at this point given the quarterback shakeup right at the beginning of the season. Jake, we talked right after the draft with Zach about uh, Melvin Gordon and that pick. I mean, Melvin Gordon held out of the first four games. So, his first three games back, seven points, nine points, eight points. Uh, what's your take, I guess? Has it changed at all since we last talked to you about Melvin Gordon, Jake? No, it's actually uh, just basically reinforced my whole belief that Melvin Gordon is a total bust. He's only had one run uh, more than seven yards. He's averaging like two yards per carry uh, and basically cost um, Chargers the game uh, last week. So the guy is just a total bust. 
All right, we'll end we'll end H and F segment with a I guess a compliment sandwich. So we we just had the insult with Gordon. I, if there's any other player in CMB right now besides the New England Patriots defense, when you talk about league winners, a, a player who can win the league is Lamar Jackson. That person that comes to mind, Jake. I'm not sure he's a league winner, but um, we'll get to Tecmo in a minute with Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be that guy. All right, we'll talk about Tecmo at the end here. But next up is IDP still suck. Jay and Jacob, a team um, that just every year seems to be in the, the mix, you know, in the top two to three teams uh, just based on their week-to-week production. And uh, you know, they've had a pretty favorable schedule as well. Uh, so when you look at IDP still suck, what do you like about their squad right now, Jake? Yeah, they have had a favorable schedule, but they've also put up the second most points in the league. So, um, you know, you still it's all about points. And so – uh, I look at their I look at their roster. Tom Brady's been a really good pick. You know, it was he was probably pretty late coming off the board, but he's had an easy schedule. Uh, Tom Brady's been producing. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been um, basically returning that water um, first round value at all. Stephon Diggs had a really really terrible start. He had a one monster week in the last two weeks. Has been pretty good. Uh, Mark Ingram overall has been kind of inconsistent. He's basically only good when he scores a touchdown. Uh, Todd Gurley has been kind of all over the place and is very hard to trust when you put him in your lineup. Uh, another uh, one big bright spot is Austin Hooper. Um, he's he's quietly just producing like elite tight end one numbers. Nobody really talks about him, but he's right up there with like Kelsey, Kittle, um, even Waller. And then the, you got Cooper Cup, who's just been a total stud. Zach, looking at IDPs, who's the one player on this roster that if you were them, if you were in their shoes, you would be trying to deal this player? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I would probably be trying to deal um, Todd Gurley mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Uh, that'd be the guy I'd be trying to, to get something for and uh, try to improve their running back position right there. So, um, yeah, that's who I would go with. Yeah, and Jake, you mentioned the tight ends. It's probably the strongest starter, maybe not even the strongest starter, but in terms of being able to swap out Hooper and Henry, it's a pretty strong combo for for IDPs, and they really did not value uh, tight ends in their draft. I mean, when you look at their draft overall, uh, they did not really spend high on that position. They they took Hunter Henry in the sixth round, yes, but the guy they've been starting most weeks is Austin Hooper. They took in the 13th round not necessarily to say that's the strength of their team, but how, how big has the tight end position played for IDPs this year, Jake? Well, I think uh, it's, it's kind of unintentionally played a really big part, um, you know, investing that highly in Hunter Henry. I know he had the injury earlier in the year, but kind of, I'm in kind of the same boat in that I drafted Waller way late. Uh, Hooper was drafted way late, and they're returning some great value. So you just kind of look into those things. All right, next up, we have Jordan Iwanas in Isaiah 4031. Jordan came out hot to start the season and had a bit of a losing streak there, but uh, sitting currently in, at 2-5 and in 11th place. When you look at Isaiah 4031, what are some of the highs and lows uh, so far through seven weeks for Jordan? Yeah, just, just a few highs. I think Adam Thielen and, and obviously James Conner, um, so who he did get through a trade. Uh, he's been very consistent. He's had two spiked weeks. Adam Thielen's been pretty good. He's had a lot of touchdowns, solid production. Um, he's he's hurt. I, I do hear that he might – no, he's actually out for tomorrow's game, but he should be back the following week. 
Uh, Carson Wentz has been kind of average. He's been good, not great. Corey Davis has had two great weeks, but the rest, he might as well have disappeared. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tariq Cohen, very low floor PPR option. Like you're not going to get, you know, those 20 point weeks out of him at all, but you're going to get like eight. Um, He did just trade Ertz. So he he definitely gave up the better player. Um, And he did get Vance McDonald, who I think is just okay. Uh, with Jarvis Landry and Jordan Howard. Um, there's really nothing about this team that really excites me. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen's already been ruled out for this week. He's playing on Thursday night, uh, tomorrow night. And, you know, that's really the strength of his offense, I would say, is, is Thielen and, of course, James Conner. So, you know, Jordan, kind of like Greg, you know, Jordan's put up two wins thus far. Uh, I think he beat me in week one. So, you know, Jordan's one of those teams where – I could see him kind of being in that 10 to 13 range to finish the season. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with, with your sentiments, Jake. What do you, what do you see Zach and, and Jordan's roster that, that maybe you like? Just, uh, he's got a lot of underperforming uh, wide receivers. You know, mm-hmm. he just, he's got to hope that they turn it around. Corey Davis, you know, keeps, keeps up what he had last week. And, you know, Jarvis had that one flash where he looked good before he got, uh, concussed or hurt or whatever it was and you know Sammy Watkins looked good in that Kansas City offense that first week but it's kind of been MIA ever since so he had all these guys with a lot of potential and people you wanted to draft it's just uh, they have not panned out next team Jake this is your team Kemp's crew Uh, you are in third place currently and you know looking at your roster I mean hats off the best one of the best picks the entire draft through seven weeks, it appears, is you taking Darren Waller with the 206th overall pick in the 15th round. The Oakland tight end has just gone off. And it's amazing to think that he didn't even score a touchdown until this week, uh, but he's still in the top five of tight ends. So how do you feel about your own squad through seven weeks? Well, I feel pretty good. You know, uh, you know I will say that I've, I've been kind of lucky with the schedules the last couple, or I guess two of the last three weeks. Uh, I went up against basically the lowest scoring teams on that any given week, but you know I did play H and F last week, and I was the highest scoring team I believe last week. So I've been basically playing up and down to my opponent, and I've been coming um, on the positive side of each one of those matchups. Uh, looking at my roster, Dak Prescott's been a really good uh, QB one who I acquired pretty early on from IDPs via trade. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who uh, received through H and F. He's been inconsistent, but he's had four good weeks and then two really bad weeks. Uh, Allen Robinson, who I acquired via trade, uh, has basically been putting up wide receiver one numbers and is a target monster, and that's something that I really look for in my receivers. I don't really look at touchdown production or anything. I really look at targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs are basically in the same boat. Um, I, I consider them as elite running backs. They're getting over 20 carries a game. Um, uh, Chase Edmonds, who I basically picked up off of waivers. I've had I've either picked him up or dropped him at least two or three times this season, thinking that, you know, you can basically pick up a backup running back in the hopes that their starting running backs get hurt, and then you have him for the following week. That actually worked out, and that actually won me my matchup against H&F. So, overall, I think my, my squad's pretty good, but I feel like I've, I've really acquired a lot of my team via trades. Yeah, and speaking of which, Zach, you know, you look at, at Kemp's crew at Jake's team, and he's made probably, if not the most, second or third most 
uh, moves, so total transactions in this league. What have been some moves that maybe you liked or didn't like that Jake's made through seven weeks, Zach? Oh, I, I think the biggest one uh, was getting Dak moving up from Phillip Rivers, who uh, who has just kind of been mediocre this this season, uh, and Dak's been just top you know top five quarterback. Uh, I think that was huge and has really uh, catapulted his team to where it is. Uh, one interesting thing on Jake's team is his IDPs, which is unusual. I could be wrong, but I feel like you're kind of going for the the boomer bust um, points with your IDPs. Would you say like with JJ Watt and then Brian Poole kind of going for, or uh, I'm sorry, Ronnie Harrison, like kind of going for some big plays. So typically I'd never roster a alignment. Yeah. And that's, that's just kind of a philosophy that I have, but I did see JJ Watt was on waivers one week and I, I couldn't believe that somebody had dropped him. Um, I know that he hasn't been like a top IDP, but he's still going to give you those weeks where he gets a couple sacks. I at least still think that he at least deserves a roster spot. And so I just took him. Um, I really don't like the roster alignment. But, you know, I feel like my IDPs are pretty good with Van Der Esch and Bobby Wagner. And I even picked up Ogletree. So Ronnie Harrison has been really good for me. But Brian Poole was just a, just a filler. Yeah. All right, Jake, moving on, when you look at my roster, Pace in Your Face, I, I feel like I talk to you, like you're, you're basically a co-manager of Pace in Your Face at this point. Oh. I, I, I talk with you about my roster more than I do with anyone. I feel like I, I run Truth a lot of things. Out. Truth is out. <laughs> I run a lot of things by you. I value your, your opinion. So where do you think everything's gone wrong for me through seven weeks? Because it, it's been sort of a disaster, in my opinion. Running back. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say running back, but, you know, he's he's had Eckler, and Eckler, to start the season, was basically up there with McCaffrey. Now that Melvin Gordon came back, Melvin Gordon just screws up everything. Um, honestly, if Melvin Gordon would just go away, Austin Eckler could be a league winner. Um, I think you, just being where you are at, uh, what, two and five, um, you're basically just trying to fight to get into playoffs. So I think that you need firepower. I don't think that you need – kind of low floor, solid, consistent guys. I think you need guys that can absolutely just blow up. So, um, Kyler, I, th I think Kyler Murray is kind of one of those guys. Uh, he's been very consistent so far. Um, Devontae Adams, I know that he got hurt. Um, I think you could have traded him a few <laughs> weeks ago and gotten some for him, but um, fortunately that did not happen. Uh, Demi Williams has been a huge disappointment. Um, basically, LaShawn McCoy just canceling out. Uh, any production in that backfield. George Kittle has been pretty good, but I'm not sure he's returned. What is the second or third round that you spent on him? Third, yeah. Uh, John Brown's been all right. Uh, he's kind of just a solid wide receiver too, but I don't know if he's kind of – he doesn't really have the blow-up potential. And then there's Adrian Peterson, who is the very definition of I'm not going to blow up. I'm going to give you seven or eight points, and that's it. So if there's anything that I can really say to do is – Try to trade some of these like Gus Edwards, Tony Pollard, Malcolm Brown, uh, Sanu going to the Patriots. See if you could just package those guys to like a solid starter that can blow up. Zach, as my co-host on this on this podcast, I always appreciate you not taking every opportunity to like poop on pacing your face each week because you clearly could. Um, so now's the opportunity. I mean, like when you hearing what Jake just said. If you were in my shoes, what would you? How would you have done things differently this year, or what would you do 
moving forward. I don't think that there's anything that you, that I would have done, you know, too much differently. It's just that unfortunately you've had, uh, you know, some injuries and uh, Damian Williams hurts and then Devonte Adams. I mean, is that your first and second round pick? Right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and that's just tough. Like when Devonte Adams was healthy, um, Aaron Rodgers was not playing well and he had that huge game finally, and then he gets hurt. Um, and then Damian Williams, we, we all know the story with that. So uh, I think at this point, what you need is for this. This is the only thing that can save your season. I hate to tell you this, but it could happen. Zeke gets hurt and Tony Pollard becomes alive for you and could just catapult your team. Yeah, no, I agree. Then Devontae Adams is healthy, you know, and I, I really like the Kenny Stills pickup. I think, you know, you want a piece of that Houston offense right now. So I think that's great. All right, Jake, next team here. This is strong side. And our producer, Matt Suggs, uh, one of the co-managers on this team, accused Zach and I last week of not talking enough about strong side on this podcast. So I, I'm going to add 30 seconds. You get three total minutes to talk about strong side if you want to take it. And we'll talk a little bit more about Matt and John's team. So through seven weeks, looking at their roster, which is two and five in 10th place, uh, what do you see from strong side so far? Yeah, uh, I have no problem with going a little extra time on that because I got a lot to say about uh, strong side. So uh, looking at the quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. So Matt Ryan has been putting up elite numbers. Um, I know that his team hasn't been doing well, but Matt Ryan as a fantasy quarterback has been awesome. And he's he's basically had huge weekly production. Uh, even Kirk Cousins as a backup. So Matt Ryan is kind of questionable this week. Kirk Cousins has been playing really good lately. Uh, he had a tough start, but he's really putting up some very strong numbers lately. Uh, Jameson Crowder, uh, he had one spiked week and then um, just kind of below average production from there on out. And we all saw that disaster that happened um, in the Meadowlands on Monday night. Christian Kirk's been pretty good. He's kind of a target hog. He's a very solid wide receiver, too. Um, he did have a week four injury and he's missed the last three, so hopefully he'll be coming back. Uh, Aaron Jones has been really good. He's really produced at a high level. He's been very heavily involved, but you still got that Jamal Williams issue, and I don't know if that's ever going to get solved. Uh, Marlon Mack's been kind of up and down. Uh, his whole MO, he's been like one week up, one week down, one week up, one week down. Uh, he's also had an injury. Uh, Evan Ingram was basically the overall tight end one through about three weeks, and then basically he went cold. Uh, he got injured. Um, so I really look to see Evan Ingram bounce back. Uh, getting Saquon back is going to be really big. Uh, having Wayne Gallman basically fill in. It's kind of a mixed, mixed bag on that. He had one really good week, but otherwise Wayne Gallman has just been terrible. Um, and then we get to Amari Cooper, who you know, has been probably one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, he did have that injury with quad, but uh, Dak Prescott is playing really well. So, to me, they, they've got a lot of pieces, and, you know, having Saquon coming back, you know, they're, they're definitely, I guess, better than their record would show. Yeah, Zach, I mean, aside – I know seeing Jamison Crowder in strong side starting lineup is probably triggering you as a former Crowder owner. So, besides, you know, having Aaron – like trading Aaron Jones to H&F, like what moves would you make if you were strong side looking at their roster? I think that strong side is is one of the top 
teams in our league. Um, I would say top two, top three team in our league. Um, they just are on the bad side of some of these matchups um, as it goes in fantasy football. But um, I think they've got a solid team. Um, I think that they really need to improve in their wide receiver department. Um, but as far as like, I think running back, they're really strong there. Um, IDPs, they're strong. Although the Shaquille Barrett guys kind of dropped off as after his incredibly hot start that he had. But I, I think that they just have a, they have a great team. If I was going to make an improvement though on that team, um, I would probably try to turn one of these running backs into a good wide receiver because there's a lot of running back needy teams out there right now. And, and uh, they've got some, some good running backs. So um, I, I think they got a great team. Jake, next up is Tecmo Power Runners, a team you said that you follow closely uh, every year. And the, one of the biggest question marks, or one of the biggest head scratchers I've had through seven weeks in this season is Tecmo Power Runners continuing to put out Devin Singletary, the Buffalo Bills running back, in one of their lineups almost every week. And I, I just I don't get that move. But uh, looking at their total roster, what do you see from Tecmo? I see some really good players, and I see some very vulnerable spots on the roster. So, um, as I alluded to earlier, I think Deshaun Watson is going to end up as the overall QB1. He's basically going to be what Mahomes did last year. Um, I think he can single-handedly get you into the playoffs and make you a contender to win a championship. Uh, looking at his receivers, uh, Shark, who was – I believe he was a waiver wire pickup, if I'm not mistaken. I can't imagine anybody drafting him. but. Uh, the guy's had four huge weeks, and in the other three weeks, he's had a kind of a nice uh, floor in production. So yeah, they got real, shark. Real, they got shark for free <laughs> on September yeah. 11th. They were they didn't put any money down. They just got him for free. Well, I'll and never that, forget. Yeah, that's that's just that's kind of Jeff and Rob's whole mo. I mean, they they do work the waiver wire. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill. You know, him coming back is going to be big, but you know, he's going to have a couple, maybe one or two weeks with Matt Moore left. Um, but I still think that, you know, Tyreek's going to finish one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. And then we got to talk about Dalvin Cook, who is basically up there with Christian McCaffrey. I know that McCaffrey gets all the love, but Dalvin Cook has just been absolutely on fire. So um, they have three great pieces in Washington, Watson, Tyreek Hill, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Devin Singletary, I think he just likes the player. Uh, they always – seem to trot somebody out that they like personally and it might not make sense from a fantasy standpoint but the guy basically just gets like six carries a game sometimes he does a lot with those carries but he's very hard to trust so basically their their tight end position has just been kind of like a revolving door uh they've had no production and no consistency it seems like every week they're just picking up somebody off of waivers or you know starting a new tight end i think i looked through their weekly lineups and I think their tight end position hasn't scored more than 10 points in just the ones that I saw. So uh, I think they need some work on the tight end. Uh, Robbie Anderson is kind of the poster child for boom bust. Uh, DK Metcalf, Curtis Samuel are, are solid wide receiver twos. Uh, Auden Tate has been kind of a decent waiver wire pickup, but really tough to start. And uh, David Montgomery has been uh, kind of a, you know, the, the usage is there, but he had a tough week seven game and, offense is really bad so yeah I think they've got a, a decent bench and I think they need to turn that into a solid tight end 
All right, next up is the Almond Brothers. Jake, they're in uh, eighth place right now, three and four, moving to the playoff hunt this week. And it looks like their teams kind of turned things around. You know, they made the trade last week or two weeks ago with HNF uh, acquiring Alshon Jeffrey and Juju Smith-Schuster. And so, you know, maybe losing one player but adding depth at two different spots at receiver. So, Jake, when you look at the Almond Brothers, how have they been able to turn things around here with on their three-win, uh, three-game winning streak? Yeah, well, I mean, they, you know, Baker Mayfield has been okay. Uh, I think picking up Jacoby Brissett to kind of fill in, it's been pretty good. Uh, he's filled in pretty nicely. Um, the Alshon Juju trade, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think Julio is clearly the best player Juju's had. So quarterback issues, Alshon Jeffrey's always hurt and very inconsistent. Um, Miles Sanders has been okay. He's really not done much. Uh, on the rushing side, but he's been great on the pass catching side. Uh, Nick Chubb's been excellent, very good RB1. Uh, Delaney Walker has had one spiked week, but the rest of the year he's been kind of garbage. And Cortland Sutton, I like to talk uh, quote quick about him. He's really quietly been uh, like a wide receiver one, and I don't know if anybody's talking about it. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders going to San Francisco is only going to make him better. Um, He's been kind of a great pick. Uh, so uh, I think Corlin Sutton's been kind of a bright spot on the roster. Um, not a huge fan of Mike Williams. Uh, you would expect that he was kind of going to be the, the touchdown guy, you know, the red zone guy, but unfortunately has no touchdowns. So um, if they get some more production out of Baker Mayfield coming off the spy week, I think, I think they can kind of turn things around. But I also don't know why they have four bench IDPs. Um, I think they need to – kind of reduce their IDP bench and put more emphasis on the offense. Zach, I can't say I've ever seen this happen before, but it appears that the Allman brothers have handcuffed their tight end Delaney Walker with John U. Smith. And I don't think I've ever seen that happen before at the tight end position, getting a handcuff. But what do you, I mean, when you, when you look at, you know, James has always been known as the tight end guru and it doesn't appear that that's been the case this year with Delaney having an off year uh, then dropping Greg Olson, Jason Witten not having a great return. I mean, is that the biggest need for improvement on this team, Zach, tight end? Uh, yeah, I would say that's one of them. And then, um, you know, I, hopefully Johnny Smith will will do something, you know, for him. I know they spent some some fab on him. But I think this team is just a team that you just kind of need to sit on and just wait and uh, just see if they click, you know, hopefully Miles Sanders can get it going more. But um, yeah, as far, as far as the tight end goes, it hasn't been quite the year that you expect from uh, the Allman brothers regarding the tight ends, but uh, I think, I think it could all change. All right, Jake, this next team you have talked about uh, probably two or three different times since the draft. It's a team that you like to talk about a lot being West coast Wombats. They're in 13th place, two and five, just beat me in week seven, so I can't say too much about WCW. But when you look at them through seven weeks, what do you make of their roster uh, as we head into week eight, Jake? Yeah, well, where do you even start on this? Uh, so I'm going to start with the bright spots, I guess. Uh, I think Jared Goff has been okay. Uh, he's had one dud week, but otherwise he's been fairly dependable. Um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's – He's a great running back, but, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, ever since they've gotten him, he's just been kind of okay. I think he scored maybe 14, 15 points, which is all right, but they gave away Kamara for him. So, 
you know, you're you're going to expect Camara and um, I don't know. I think I just think that trade was just terrible. Uh, Josh Gordon, who they acquired via the trade, is now on IR, and uh, Debo Samuel, who was also part of that trade, is is basically just unheard of. So they basically just traded away Alvin Kamara for Le'Veon Bell, which I think is just stupid. So um, Calvin Ridley has been all right. He's had four touchdowns, which is pretty good, but he's been very inconsistent. They're starting A.J. Brown. Uh, that's uh, – I just can't even – I don't understand that. Uh, very boom bust. Uh, you can't trust him. Derek Henry has been probably one of the one of their better, um, I guess, players. Uh, very heavy usage. But he's been fairly productive overall. Um, and that's pretty much all I got. LeSean McCoy's been okay, but really nothing going on in that backfield. All right, Zach, I'm going to make you the interim manager of West Coast Wombats. Like, you get control of this team for one hour. What do you do in that one hour? Like, what do you gut? What do you try and move on this team in your one hour as the interim manager of this team? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's so tough with them losing Josh Gordon recently. Um, but, I mean, I would look at one of their running backs and um, – I mean, I just think that they're. I think that their wide receivers are going to be okay. AJ AJ Brown's, uh, you know, bouncing back, and uh, I mean, I would maybe try to move one of these running. They got three running backs. Maybe take one of them and turn it into another position that they need. Maybe tight end, you know, something like that. Just turn one of those uh, running backs into a more serviceable tight end, in my opinion. And then, Jake, real quick, I'll make one point about this team. Jake, you mentioned that I, I might want to move on from Mohamed Sanu, who got traded to the Patriots. Well, the receiver left behind in Atlanta is Calvin Ridley. That might be the new strength of West Coast Wombat. So I don't know if they should hold on to him or maybe try and package him in a deal to another team. But Calvin Ridley now, uh, number two receiver on a pass-heavy offense with no real threat behind him. So Ridley, kind of a strength of West Coast moving forward. Uh, and then last but not least, this is the last team in this review. And this is your worst nightmare, three and four. This has been one of your favorite trade partners, Kevin, his team has over the last couple of years, Jake. So when you look at Kevin's team, I mean, you can't talk about this without talking about the Mahomes injury. But what do you like about Kevin's team through seven weeks? Sure. I mean, obviously Mahomes is a, you know, is he can be a league winner. I'm not sure that he was worth the first round um, draft pick. Uh, that's just, you know, whatever his prerogative was, I disagree with it. But, you know, well, hopefully you won't miss too much time. Uh, he's got Golden Tate, who's been fairly solid since his return. Uh, I think, I've, if I'm not mistaken, I think he drafted him. So holding on to him um, took a lot of trust, and I think that he's a solid wide receiver too. He did acquire Tyler Lockett from me uh, for Allen Robinson. So Allen Robinson um, – you know, I, I thought he's been pretty good all year, so he, Allen Robinson has gotten him to where he is at this point. But I think uh, getting Lockett, you know, I think when you were talking, you think that, that Kevin got the better end of that deal. So um, I still think Lockett's pretty good. Carlos Hyde, uh, very heavy usage. He just needs, like, more more touchdowns. He needs more explosive points. Uh, same with James White. He's very consistent, but he, he's only going to get you maybe 12 points a game. Uh, Travis Kelsey's going to have to step it up too, but you know you pair Mahomes with Kelsey, uh, Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Lockett. He's got guys that can just go off, and so um, I think that he's got a chance to make the playoffs for sure. 
Zach, outside of the injuries to Mahomes and Drew Brees, Kevin's uh, QB1 and QB2, what's been the biggest disappointment on Kevin's roster through the first half of the season? That he was not able to trade Drew, B- Drew Brees into a uh, startable fantasy player. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I kind of feel like it's Travis Kelsey. I, that was – correct me if I'm wrong. That was either the second-to-last pick of the first round or it was the second pick of the second round. But yeah, he drafted him in the second round, third pick. Third pick. So Kevin took Kelsey really early. He was the tight end one or the drafted tight end one. And Kelsey is not really putting up the type of numbers we're used to or accustomed to with Kelsey. 11, a big week in week two, 23, but then 15, 15, 12, 9, and 10. And so, you know – the focal point behind Tyree Kill and a explosive offense, it's not really been uh, something that Kevin's been able to look forward to. Uh, have you been surprised, Jake, that, that Kelsey's had such a, a dip in production? Yeah, it has been surprising. But when you look at what, just how much he scored last year, he wasn't going to meet that. I mean, it was just due for negative regression. So it, it's it's not too surprising. But it is a little surprising that it's been he's been just kind of average so far. All right, Jake and Zach, I'll let you guys both participate here. We'll we'll start with Jake and looking at the standings right now through seven weeks. East Coast Wombats, IDP still suck. Kemp's crew all six and one. They're at the top. Those teams obviously feel pretty comfortable about all three of those making the playoffs. Dragon Energy West Coast, pace in your face. Isaiah, there's a lot of teams at two and five. They're at the back end. So. Um, just real quickly here, looking at teams one through 14, uh, through seven weeks, Jake, who do you predict is going to win this league at the end of, of uh, week 16 and who's going to win the ice bucket? Uh, I'm going to predict Kim's crew is going to come away with the championship. Oh boy. Um, I think that WCW will end up with the ice bucket. All right, Zach. Um, I, I don't know who I think that it will win the championship right now. I'll give you your, your top three teams in no particular order. I want to say uh, IDP still suck, East Coast, one and two. And then I, I think strong side, if they get in the playoffs, I don't think that you want to face their team. As long as Saquon stays uh, healthy on their team. Uh, Ice Bucket, oh, gosh. I'll tell you what, I think that uh, Isaiah 4031 is going to repeat. Wow. I, you know, based on the video we saw after last year, I hope you're wrong. And, and if he does, I mean, we need to do this in person. That little cup full of like, you know, three cubes of ice that barely hit his chest. Like those, that didn't count. That was terrible. <laughs> well, and like, you know, Jordan's in local politics in Putnam County. Surely we can partner up with like the fire department in Putnam County to do something and big. Do it at the courthouse, you know, something like that. Or, like, go to Chick-fil-A and do something there. I know he's got connections at Chick-fil-A. He does have the Chick-fil-A connection. But, uh, guys, really appreciate it. This was, this was a lot of fun. I, I want to make this kind of like an annual tradition, Jake. Uh, you always have our post-draft, pre-draft episodes, and then this was good as well. So, hopefully people won't be too disappointed with what we said about their teams. But that's just a recap through the first half of the season. Uh, really appreciate it again, Jake. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, stay tuned for episode 125 where Zach and I will do our standard previews and recaps, and uh, we will talk with you again uh, soon, Jake. Thanks again. I appreciate it.